Did you know Martin Luther King Jr. was a happy lifer? Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, everybody. Your Majesty, Your Royal Highness, Mr. President, Excellences, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Happy Life Studio. We're here to make your life happier. I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. So I was listening to Martin Luther King Jr.'s acceptance speech for the Nobel Peace Prize and realized that that he was a happy lifer just from that one speech. I mean, how cool is that? You don't believe me? Well, I'm going to give you 10 reasons why just from his Nobel Acceptance Peace Prize speech. I accept the Nobel Prize for Peace. Number one, Martin Luther King Jr. realized this thing was bigger than him. And if you listen to his opening remarks and see, you can hear what I'm talking about. I accept this award on behalf of a civil rights movement, which is moving with determination to establish a reign of freedom and a rule of justice. Did you catch that? Did you hear how he accepted the award? He accepted it on behalf of the civil rights movement. And if you listen to the speech, he kept taking the spotlight off himself and and shining on others. And I I just love that. And I think that's exactly what a happy lifer does. That's exactly what we are. We're not just one person. We're a community of happy lifers trying to help each other live happier. We can't do this on our own. That's what the happy life movement is all about. Reason number two, I think Martin Luther King Jr. was a happy lifer. He is accepting peace in the midst of violence. I am mindful that only yesterday in Philadelphia, Mississippi, young people seeking to secure the right to vote were brutalized and murdered. Therefore, I must ask why this prize is awarded to a movement which is beleaguered and committed to unrelenting struggle, to a movement which has not yet won the very peace and brotherhood, which is the essence of the Nobel Prize. In the same way, there's all sorts of anger and sadness and despair and hopelessness and all sorts of ugly going on in our world today, and we're trying to be happy in the midst of that. We are trying to accept happy in the midst of sadness, in the same way that Martin Luther King Jr. was trying to accept peace in the midst of violence, which takes me right into reason number three. I conclude that this award which I receive on behalf of that movement 
is a profound recognition that nonviolence is the answer to the crucial political and moral questions of our time. Martin Luther King Jr. used nonviolence to end violence. I love that. That's exactly what we're doing in Happy Life. We talk a lot about you overcome evil with good. You don't overcome evil with more evil. You don't overcome angry remarks with angrier remarks. You don't overcome rude or nasty by responding with more rude or nasty. You overcome evil with good. That's what the Bible says. Martin Luther King Jr. said you don't overcome violence with violence. Check this out. The need for man to overcome oppression and violence without resorting to violence and oppression. Civilization and violence are antithetical concepts. So if you're tired of people being sad or discouraged or in despair, if you're tired of people slashing out in anger or violence, you don't slash back. You don't react. You respond with happy. I know that seems so anti what you would naturally think. A lot of people were telling Martin Luther King Jr. that he needed to use violence to overcome violence, and he just wouldn't cave in. He was a happy lifer. He used nonviolence to end violence, and it seemed to work pretty well for him. So I think it's time that we flood the Internet with happy. I think it's time we flood our homes with happy. I think it's time we flood our workplaces and our schools with happy. I think it's time we flood our neighborhoods with happy, which leads me right into reason number four. He was beleaguered that this movement would get a peace prize when it is in anything but peace. And I don't know, but I I thought that they were giving the Nobel Peace Prize to Martin Luther King Jr. But he made this about the civil rights movement. And he doesn't get how in the world that you could give a peace prize to a movement that is in the midst of violence, that is in the midst of anti-peace. And I think the same is true with happy life. I think the same is true with us, which is a lot like reason number three. We're in a situation where there is a lot of sadness, a lot of despair a lot of hopelessness. There's a lot of unhappiness today, which is exactly why I think happy is so appeasing to so many. I think happy has never been more appealing than it is today. So many are desperately reaching for happy because they just don't have it. And honestly, a lot of us don't know how to get it. That's why we've been doing happy use all across the country. We'd love to come and do a happy you for you. Happy you is simply we're together. We navigate activate and advocate your happy life we help you find your happy and then we help you activate that you have to turn that switch on you can have electricity in your house but if you don't turn the switch on it doesn't work and then we want to advocate we want to walk through that with you that's why we're doing happy use because we want to teach people that happiness isn't about getting rid of the negative and increasing the positive although it's good to work on that but you can be happy in the midst of the negative and so so many people are so desperately reaching for happy and they just don't have it. We can be beleaguered ourselves as well, beleaguered and beat up, wondering why we should even go after happy life when the world seems to be so sad. People in our family seem to be so sad. When people at our workplace seem to be so sad, when our neighbors are going through it, we wonder why should I even go after happy? It's just easier to float downstream. But just as Martin Luther King Jr. said, that is exactly why we have to do it. It's the antidote. It's the answer that a sad world needs. In my opinion, we have no other option but to go hard after happy and start 
a happy life revolution, which takes me into reason number five. What, what he started was a revolution. He started a movement. That's what we're doing. We are starting a revolution, a happy revolution. We're trying to start a movement, a movement where a group of happy lifers, whether they know they're happy lifers or not, I, I don't know if Martin Luther King Jr. ever would have called himself a happy lifer, but he certainly was. I'll get to that in a little bit later. But this thing that we're trying to do is just like Martin Luther King Jr. Now, I'm not saying that we're on the same level as Martin Luther King Jr. Don't get me wrong. What Martin Luther King Jr. did was something that you see in, in a dozen lifetimes. You know, in centuries of stuff, someone like a Martin Luther King Jr. comes around and, and changes. I mean, I, I shudder to think where we would be today, particularly in America, but where we would be today in the world if it wasn't for Martin Luther King Jr. And so that's why I'm so glad that that we celebrate this day. This day is a holiday because this man was like a saint. Honestly, if you've been alive hundreds of years ago, we'd probably call him a saint, Martin Luther. And I've got other podcasts on Martin Luther, how he got his name, um, things like that. So just search Martin Luther King Jr. on on the Happy Life Studios podcast, and uh, you'll find some more stuff on Martin Luther King Jr. But what he did was was a movement, and we're not on the same level of him. I'm not saying that at all, but it's still the same thing. It's it's a movement we're trying to create. We're trying to create this momentum where people realize, yes, wait a minute, I'm not in this thing alone. I'm in this with someone else, and that encourages me. It pushes me forward to strive towards happy in a healthy way. Number six. Nonviolence is not sterile passivity, but a powerful moral force which makes for social transformation. I love that. Nonviolence is not sterile passivity. That doesn't mean that we don't see the sadness around us. It doesn't mean that we don't notice those who are violently oppressed and brutalized. Martin Luther King didn't ignore that that was going on. He fought that, but he fought it with nonviolence. The Bible says to turn the other cheek. That's what it means. It says to answer harsh words with, with gentleness. The same is true with happy life. We're not putting our heads in the sand or pretending, oh, don't be sad. I'm not sad. See, when I started this happy life thing, I almost didn't want to because I had this pet peeve. Uh, I'm a preacher's kid. I grew up going to church, been going to church my whole life. And, and you know, I hated the whole fact that everyone just acted happy when they weren't, right? And they always, how are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed today. I'm like, Mom, how could you say that? We just fought the whole way to church. People are acting like they're happy when they're not happy. So I didn't want to start a happy life thing because I was afraid people would turn this into a whole, well, I'm happy. I'm just going to fake it till I make it. I'm just going to act like I'm happy. That's not what happy life is all about. It's not about we're not sad. It's like, what about Bob? I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. How's that Lego movie go? That's not what we're trying to say at all in this happy life movement. You can't get rid of all the negative stuff that life throws at you. There's just no way you can do that. However, in the midst of all that negative stuff, we can still find a way to hope. We can still find a way to hold on to happy. In fact, I think Martin Luther King Jr., would have loved our podcast last week where we talked about hope. Because when I listened to this, just this one speech, let alone all his other speeches, but just this one acceptance speech of the Nobel Peace Prize, it was full of hope. Reason number seven. When I listened to his speech, he kept bringing in 
Bible verses. And the lion and the lamb shall lie down together. And he kept mentioning God. I still believe that one day mankind will bow before the altars of God. He kept bringing up how God is in the midst of all this thing. And that's where we are. It only works with God's help. God is the one who makes us happy. If we ask him now, you follow some of these principles without God, you're going to get happier. But if you really want to get to to the happy, the Bible says that in God's presence is fullness of happy, fullness of joy. It says, I will rejoice for God has made me glad. And so Martin Luther King realized that this thing, nonviolence against violence is only going to work if there's a powerful God involved. And I think happy in the midst of sad only works. We can only overcome sadness with happy is if there's a powerful God that's involved. Reason number eight. I refuse to accept despair. He kept saying, I refuse to accept. I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war. That the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. He kept saying, I refuse to accept this. And I refuse to accept that. I love that. Just because there's sadness around us doesn't mean we have to accept it. That doesn't mean that we say, I'm not sad. It means life stinks sometimes. And life stinks right now in this moment. But I refuse to accept that I can't be happy. I refuse to accept that there isn't hope. I refuse to accept that God doesn't care about me. I refuse to accept that I can't make it, that I can't hold on to something. I refuse to accept that I just have to cave to all the despair and hopelessness around me. I have to cave to the anger and I just have to fire back. I couldn't help it. That's not true. I refuse to accept that. There's a lot of things I refuse to accept. And I think that's how Martin Luther King Jr. was. And I think that's a key to a happy life is refusing to accept a lot of the mentality, a lot of the perspective, a lot of the hopelessness, a lot of the despair. We refuse to accept that, which leads me into reason number nine. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. See, I love that. I refuse to accept. That's coming from a negative perspective. But he answered all those with a positive perspective. I love that. You know, you can you can fight off the negative and you can curse the darkness. But why curse the darkness when you can turn on a light? We can start focusing on the positive, start speaking the positive. And so Martin Luther kept saying things like this. I believe that even amid today's mortar bursts, And whining bullets, that is still hope for the brighter tomorrow. He kept saying, I believe this, and I believe that. When you start speaking positively like that, it affects your perspective. It affects everything inside of you. Martin Luther King Jr. was just a stud. He was just the man. I am so grateful for you, Martin Luther King Jr. Thanks for changing my life, and thanks for all the lives that you've changed. And we still got a long way to go, but I want us to realize we've come a long way, too. It used to be really ugly, and I'm not saying it's not ugly now, but I'm saying guys like Martin Luther King Jr. had really helped propel this thing forward, and we're moving. I I think it's moving in the right direction because of a guy like Martin Luther King Jr., he turned the tide, and at one point, he, he drew a line on the sand. He, he, he put his stake down and said, no, this is wrong, and a country started to believe it, and a country started to follow him. The world started to follow him and his views, which were really God's views. And finally... Reason number 10. I believe that what self-centered men have torn down, men other-centered can build up. I love that. What self-centered men have done to tear down, other-centered men will build up. 
The key is to be other centered. You know, I ask a lot when I speak places, what do you think about arrogant people? What do you think about cocky people? What do you think about those people? Do you like them? And everyone always says, no, we don't like them. I said, why? And they give me a lot of reasons, but then, then it always comes down to who do they think about? All an arrogant person thinks about is themselves. And so we don't like them because all they, everything is based upon themselves. But you know what? You know what a, a insecure person thinks about? I mean, God nailed me that one day. I, I, I didn't want to be proud. I didn't want to be arrogant. So I focused really hard on, on not being arrogant, you know? And then one day God said to me, because I really struggle with insecurity. And I felt one day he, he put this thought in my head that says, Steve, what do insecure people think about? And I went, oh my goodness, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. The pendulum goes both ways, right? And an insecure person thinks about themselves. A person in hopelessness thinks about themselves. They're self-centered. And when I'm self-centered, I don't think about others. And when I don't think about others, I don't concentrate on making other people happy. And if I don't make someone else happy, then I'm not happy. So the key point number 10 is to be other-centered. You know, you've heard me say it over and over again. I mean, we end every podcast with make someone happy and you'll be happy too. But that's what Martin Luther King Jr. is saying as well. He's saying, make someone else happy. Build up others. Think about others. I got to end with this last video clip. I, I just I just love this comment. When our days become dreary with low hovering clouds and our nights become darker than a thousand midnights, we will know that we are living in the creative turmoil of a genuine civilization struggling to be born. When we wake up under a cloud of despair, there is a civilization just waiting to be born. I love that. Amidst the anger and hopelessness, there is a happiness waiting to be born. Amidst the cloud of despair, there is a happy civilization that's waiting to be born. And for anything to be born, it needs an avenue. It needs a person, it needs a thing to birth it. And I think that's where we are, happy lifer. That's what we need to do. I think we're called to birth the civilization that's just waiting to be born. We can make a difference. It's not difficult. You make someone happy and you'll be happy too. You, you high-five one person today. You, you send one positive text out today. You don't respond negatively. You don't react negatively to somebody today. All those little things make a difference. You buy coffee for someone in the, in the car behind you when you're going through the drive-thru line. You buy McDonald's for the person behind you. you, you there's, it's so easy to make a difference. We make all those little differences. That's what changes the world. And I want to thank you, Happy Lifer, for doing that. I know I said I was going to end it on the last video clip, but I got, I got one more here that I, I just I just want to throw this in here. I love what he says here when he thanks the pilot and he thanks the ground crew. And he says, now the pilot gets the attention, but the ground crew is just as vital. And, and you, we couldn't get on this flight without the ground crew. Every time I take a flight... I am always mindful of the many people who make a successful journey possible. The known pilots and the unknown ground crew. You honor the dedicated pilots of our struggle who have set at the controls as the freedom movement soared into orbit. 
you honor the ground crew without whose labor and sacrifice the jet flights to freedom could never have left the earth. Most of these people will never make the headlines and their names will never appear in who's who. Yet when years have rolled past and when the blazing light of truth is focused on this marvelous age in which we live, men and women will know and children will be taught that we have a finer land. I don't know if you're a, a pilot where people see you, maybe your figure that's up in front. So if you're a pilot, thank you for using your voice. Thank you for using your position. Thank you for using your influence to bring this happy movement around, to spread happy, to spread peace, to spread hope to people. Thank you for doing that. And if you're ground screw, maybe you're shy. Maybe you don't like to be in front of people. I talked to someone just yesterday that that's what they do. He says, I don't like to be in front of people. I don't, I don't like to do that. But I love when I'm in a group of people, when I'm in a smaller group of people. I love hanging out. I love leading things in small groups. And he's a grounds crew. He doesn't want to be the pilot. And you can't have a bunch of pilots. You can have a pilot and a co-pilot, and that's about it, right? But then you need a whole bunch of ground crew that helps the pilot do what he does. And I wanted to thank you, Happy Lifer, for what you do, whether it's seen or unseen, whether it's heard or unheard. Thank you for helping spread this movement. I know we're not as big and we're not as powerful as Martin Luther King Jr., and I wouldn't even try to be, but what we're doing is big and it's powerful and it is changing the world, and you are amazing. And I wanted to thank you for being a part of that. I just, I'm so honored to be doing this with you. Someone happy, make just one someone happy, and you will be happy too. Thanks for listening. I hope that helped. Remember, life isn't perfect, but it can be happy. Steve Ace.